0: Welcome to the Student Affairs Spectacular, the weekly podcast giving you a front row seat to the greatest student affairs show on earth. And now your ringmasters, Tom Kriegelstein and Dustin Ramsdell. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Student Affairs Spectacular podcast. Dustin here, and this is episode number 82 with Shigeo Iwamiya, uh, who is the director of Residence Life at Rutgers University, Newark. Uh, So we had a very uh, intriguing and unique uh, and interesting conversation for this episode uh, concerning the uh, uh, much maligned but uh, never not interesting and fun uh, concept of uh, other duties as assigned. Um, It's pretty much on every job description I know I've ever seen, so... um, just brainstormed this kind of unique topic to go over with Shigeo and um, really got into a really good conversation that, um, as my positive optimistic self, I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, takes a different sort of spin and perspective on uh, other duties as assigned and um, what that really means and why it's in every job description that's out there. So, um, really enjoyed this ep- episode. Really just wanted to talk to Shigeo about anything and uh, whatever he felt like talking about. So really glad that we were able to get him on the podcast here and, uh, yeah, just enjoy the episode. Hopefully, you learn some stuff. So, um, right after this, word about our super awesome sponsor. Uh, this is episode number 82 with Shigeo Iwamiya.
1: All right. And before we get into the episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the National Center for Student Life, which hosts the National Conference on Student Leadership, coming up next November 19th to the 22nd in Washington, D.C. Since 1978, NCSL has trained thousands of students and advisors in heart-centered, values-based leadership skills designed to help drive transformative change within the individual. And I've personally spoken at NCSL for the past five years, and I've seen firsthand how the NCSL conference helps students and advisors apply learning to address real challenges both on their campus and in their community through the NCSL call to action program. NCSL truly brings together the country's best leadership presenters into one place to give both the students and advisors a life-changing experience, and I'm always, I'm always blown away at the level of value received from their conferences. Also, I should note that NCSL was the first to offer students the opportunity to earn a digital badge to document their leadership development. So if you're looking for a national leadership conference to attend, I highly, I can't highly more recommend checking out NCSL at nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. That's nationalcenterforstudentlife.com. With that, let's get this show on the road.
0: So yeah, so what's kind of like, uh, I always like to ask it, uh, just kind of like what's big going on in your world these days, sort of, you know, separate from the show topic and everything, but let's uh, what's big going on for you right now?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, professionally, there's a lot going on for me. We just opened a new residence hall, so oh, that's nice. always a fun challenge, right? It's, and it wasn't like a brand new residence hall. I mean, it is a brand new residence hall, but it's... Uh, <clears throat> it's an old historical building that we renovated into a residence hall, oh. and I would never recommend this to anybody, actually, <laughs> um, because it, not only does it cost a lot of money to do it, it's just, you know, it's there, there's a lot of um, constructural, constructural, structural um, um, pains that we have to go through to re- revitalize an like, old building in some way, so like you know we i think we spent like almost two million dollars just on clearing asbestos mm. like you know that's two million dollars that we could have been spending on something else but you know because there's so much stuff that i needed to do for the building or we needed to do for the building um you know is it, so that's that's been going on as far as rutgers newark goes yeah um you know the, there's a lot of with new buildings, that means more staff, more students, more student staff. There's so much stuff going on, and so that that's also requiring a lot of attention too. So, yeah, that professionally, that's kind of it. Personally, I'm you know just so chugging along because I have so much stuff on the personal side. I sometimes think that my personal life gets a little <laughs> sacrificed a little bit, but yeah. you know that's part of the life and part of the my job in student affairs. It's not, or even in specifically in res life or housing. You know, it's really not a nine to five job in any means. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's just part of the part of the job to kind of sort of move forward in some ways.
0: Right. Well, and I think it's like being in uh, Newark, like uh, I guess like space is very, very limited is why. Like if you had like an asset of like, well, there's this building, we could renovate it. Like instead of like, you know, building a whole new building, like that'd be very. Difficult, I guess, in its own way too, and um, yeah, yeah. And,
2: and because <clears throat> we're right locked in the middle of the downtown area, um, and our university on good portions of it is considered a historical lam- landmark for mm. us too. Um, we're celebrating. We're about to celebrate 350 years of Newark coming up, and so anything that is already there um, can't be knocked down either. So in order to build anything, we have to use our current structure of our buildings to sort of make it work somehow. I mean the only other exception is if it's like a parking lot or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But then you run into trouble problems of an urban campus and you take away a parking lot, like <clears throat> it's it's you know, it's not like we can build another parking lot somewhere else. Right. It's, right it's, it's just and people are really reliant on those cars and all the other kind of things here even in New Jersey. So um, it's it's one of those things where you know you you have to spend a lot more money to build in urban areas and that's just kind of where we are and and on top of that we have a historical <laughs> element to it too which is kind of crazy. I, I can only imagine like places like Philadelphia would probably run into the same problems too. Oh yeah. Where you can't expand but you can't necessarily knock anything down so it's, in some ways the land is more um, important than the actual building itself but at the same time if you can't knock down the building what do you do you know
0: all right Well, of the it's part of like what i think too is that like there is all those like headaches and stuff and like certainly that's like felt I guess through the process but then like hopefully once it's all done there's like a certain cool factor of it being still like a historical building but then like the guts on the inside is all like up to date sort of thing like that's yeah. why it's kind of neat but it is like it's like you have to kind of get there it is like a tough process to like yeah you have to like rip out all this stuff and replace it and it's like but then once it's done it's like oh this is really cool and you know I'm sure people enjoy living here but it was very stressful getting there <laughs> yep. um, yeah yeah
2: um, it's, it's the process that's really tough. The results are actually great, um, but the process getting process getting there is a very very challenging one.
0: Yeah. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that going forward. Thank um, you. Yeah. And no, I guess we, we're just going to I guess segue into uh, the work that you're doing now. Um, so we'll we'll time travel back a little bit uh, and just give an introduction of yourself and how you got to be where you are today.
2: So, uh, my name is Shigeo James Uemiya, and um, Currently, the director of residence life at Rutgers Newark. Um, I first started um, at uh, I'm sorry, La University as a hall director, um, resident director, as they were called, and um, I di- I did that straight out of undergrad because um, I kind of wanted to sort of step out of my undergrad. I went to Saint Cloud State University of Minnesota, and I figured that moving to Philadelphia with sort of this challenge was kind of an interesting one. So I kind of started that journey <clears throat> in higher ed. Um, and really enjoyed working with students, but then my supervisor at the time said, you know, you can't get anywhere without a master's, right? And mm-hmm. I said, really? And so I I sort of went from a full-time job back to a graduate student, a full-time grad student, um, and went to Salisbury University and got my master's degree. Um, that was really cool because they gave me an experience of still running a building, and I think they kind of sort of saw the fact that I actually had th- three years of professional experience prior to that, and they kind of gave me a Additional challenges that a not not a straight out of undergraduate um, person would get, so I was really excited about that too. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, I um, went to the University of Illinois at Chicago for another two years post grad um, as a hall director. And then, so in some ways, it, at that point, if you're doing the math, it's like seven years of hall director positions, um, and then this um, Rutgers north position opened up as the director of residence life. Um, I didn't have an assistant director sort of step; I just went straight into the director of residence life after seven years of being a hall director. Mm-hmm. But at the time of being the director here, um, there was only 1,200 students on campus, so I'm a, essentially a small school, small school director in some ways mm-hmm. uh, for the department, and I was really excited about that opportunity to kind of sort of step up and move up. Um, and so and it kind of brought me back to the Northeast, which is exactly where I kind of really started in the whole Philadelphia thing. So um, it was really great to be back in the neighborhood um, and I was really excited to kind of sort of start there. And I've been here since 2008 so that I'm going on my, I'm past my seven year mark. I'm going in onto my eighth year. Um, so I'm really excited about And since I've been here um, <clears throat> we went from 1,200 students to about on campus to about 2,100 students. So we've almost doubled the size um, while I'm here. And we also have another residence hall coming down the Pikes um, that will open in fall 2018. So in the time that I've been here, it is completely changing. So that that has been a pretty amazing experience as well.
0: Very cool. Um, And so you've been working uh, in student affairs for a while. And we sort of Bounced ideas about what to talk about for this episode. I think we got a really interesting topic, and it'll be interesting, you know, just really uh, cool to dig into. So from your perspective, as you can kind of give a definition, because I'm sure you've had experiences with this before, and maybe um, you know, you've hired people and different things like that. So explain the concept of other duties as assigned, and maybe just give some examples of how that's manifested in your experience for yourself or other people.
2: So this whole concept of other duties of the sign, first and foremost, it started off as a really incredible, um, I I don't want to say joke, but it turned into a really big joke that I pretty first started. One time I posted a picture of me driving a tractor um, and I said other duties of the sign. (laughs) And for whatever reason, like a hundred people liked it or something like that. It was a really, I mean, in in my (laughs) world of because I'm not, I don't feel like I'm that cool social media wise, but you know, sometimes I feel like when I get hundred likes on a p- picture or something like that, it's pretty amazing. So I thought, oh, maybe, let me just keep this going. And for some reason, it turned into this big, huge thing. And when you think, and a lot of people in res life, when they think of other duties, other duties as assigned, um, they think of me for some reason because, oh, that's the coin phrase that Shigeo came up with. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't come up with any of that stuff. It's just it, I just turned it into a social media sort of funny campaign that I kept doing. I kept doing these odd jobs all over the place. and I would take pictures of me doing it like me raking leaves outside or me teaching a class or me, me um, actually dusting snow off of a TV um, satellite dish. Hmm. And I'm sure I'm breaking all sorts of um, union regulations by doing all these things. But at the same time, I was like, it's, it's kind of funny. Let me just kind of keep posting it. And it just kind of grew. If you go to my Facebook page, all these pictures are posted all over the place but that was more in the funny humorous side of things um, I think every, sing- every single person when they get hired in some ways has that last line inevitably on their job description that says other duties as assigned and it's basically kind of a department's way of really saying hey these are the things that we want you to focus on but just FYI if if it doesn't cover any of those things please don't be surprised if we ask you to do something else which has been kind of a cool sort of a way to get involved in the university in some ways because i I think in it, it gives you a perspective of things that are not in your quote unquote normal job description, although other duties as assigned may be in your job description. Um, it doesn't reflect your true portfolio as to what you're supposed to be doing. And so it gives you an opportunity to sit on committees that probably you never have been invited to within the department um, search committees, um, task forces, focus groups, anything like that. So it kind of gives you an opportunity to get a sort of an, sort of, um, insider peak for how the university works in many ways On multiple ways you know, as a just to get really theorist here I mean well not really theory I suppose <laughs> you know Alexander Aston always talks about how you know students really need to get involved in the university and they'll do academically much better um, successfully and the whole joke is the fact that that um, Aston's involvement um, theory involvement is probably not a true theory theory but um it's true with even the employees, right? Because the happier you, you're, the more invested you are in your community. In some ways, the more sort of um, <clears throat> involved you are, or more excited you become, and more invested you are into the mission of the university. In some ways, so this whole other duties sign is kind of that sort of symbolization of being able to sort of push that to a whole other level and saying, listen. I don't want to just stay in my lane and do my job and become a sort of professional in this particular. I want to really get invested in the university and those other duties as assigned. And when your supervisor says, hey, I need you to sit on this committee for me, it's an opportunity, not a deterrent.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. And I think and like a lot of people I know, uh, part of what they enjoy about student affairs is the fact that like no two days are the same sort of thing. And it's sort of uh, like you're saying, kind of captures that of just being like flexible and adaptable and just kind of. Um, kind of respecting sort of the dynamic controlled chaos that can happen with students. Like who knows like what they're going to need from us. And they might come to me with any number of things. And maybe it is that I just sort of like say like, Oh, you should go here. You should talk to them or let me like give you some like contact info or like a website or something. But, um, yeah, other duties as assigned also can yeah be like if you're an invested employee, um, like you're saying, like you're going to go that extra mile and volunteer to help with, uh, the things that have to happen to have everything, uh, work. So, um, and I get and we've kinda uh, hit on some things already, we're kinda like jumping ahead, but um I'm interested, I guess, to hear what you think. What gives this other duties as a sign concept in the you know, until it's that last line, like you said, on every job description I know I've ever seen. What gives that like a negative connotation? I think some people do see it as like a, a punchline. How does that happen, you feel like?
2: Well, I think that it's it's all about the about the perspective, you know, it's like it's really interesting because I think in our field, we do a really, really bad job of coaching the people that need to be coached the most, mm-hmm. and in some ways, we always give more responsibility to the ones that are really excelling, right? And so in some ways, you know, that whole other duties the as assigned could be a negative in the sense of like, I keep getting more work. Um, and it's stressing me out, or it's 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 not part of my job description. Why should I be doing this? Or there there's a sort of extra responsibility, or even even sometimes like my supervisor's not willing to do this, so they just gave me this sort of responsibility because it's not glamorous, or it's not fun, or it's not exciting, or it's not sexy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes there's that little negative piece of like, okay, well. Um, and people always talk about it. If you're not willing to do it, don't tell anybody else to do it. But um, I think there's a little bit of that piece that's always associated to. Like, I don't have time for this. Or or people end up exchanging horror stories of, um, well, my job requires me to do all this stuff. And it kind of, the other duties the as as assigned could actually be like battle wounds for a lot of people, right? In mm-hmm. some ways, they compare these wounds to everybody and be like, well, I have to do all this stuff. As in, it's some kind of like, negative thing and 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 i think in some ways instead of saying i have to um i think that the the conversation really needs to change to i get to um and really kind of sort of reframe that conversation to really turn it into more of a positive spin on a lot of things
0: yeah yeah and i think i've had like a i think i (laughs) i think it it like really just like hit for me because i was watching um like i haven't watched like the whole series so people don't you know get your pitchforks out yeah but um so my partner was watching friday night lights and i sort of was like popping in and out when she was watching different episodes and there was like a scene where it was similar to that kind of tone of like it's uh like it's an opportunity not an obligation like you get that opportunity to help your team out by going to the store to buy you know hundreds of thousands of you know rubber bands or something you know like some people would be like oh i gotta go like do this stupid thing you know it's like that's not my job it's like you know if you look at it differently it's like yeah i get to help my team out by taking care of this thing where there might be like oh my oh how are we gonna figure out, you know, how are we going to get this stuff in time or something? You could be like, you know what? I can handle it. It's, you know, just some random thing that I need to be flexible and adapt to, but I'm happy to do it because I'm helping my team out and, you know, it's going to end up being, uh, you know, a better experience for the students sort of thing. So, um, right.
2: And, and just to go along with your example, you don't know what those rubber bands are for. You know? <laughs> right. Like maybe those rubber bands are to put together certain playbooks that, then help the quarterback be able to be really successful. I'm assuming Friday night lights is about football. Uh, right, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we
0: can keep going with that metaphor of like, yeah, just like right. football and, stuff. And, yeah. and
2: so the in the playbook that gets created is for the quarterback and the quarterback is to be able to better play the game so that the other people can really participate in a way that sort of provides leadership and um, you know, playmaking and all those other kind of things. So, just the idea that somebody had to go to the store and get the Rubber bands doesn't mean that you're not connected to the game itself, but you have to put it in a way that sort of says what pieces fall into the place where it goes back to our team, goes back to our students, goes back to our staff and faculty. How does that fit into the bigger picture? Um, and so you have to think about it in that way, right? So, absolutely, everything is a, not necessarily an obligation, it's an opportunity to be able to help out the bigger cause. You may not know what the bigger cause is sometimes but it's all connected somehow um, in, in some weird sort of way that maybe you might not even imagine. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and what has been, like, you, you kind of noted something of, like, you know, there's sort of this philosophy of, you know, I'll never ask you to do anything that I wouldn't want to do myself or be willing to do myself. So um, sort of taking that kind of leadership angle on it, like, what has been your relationship with, all these random things that we might get asked to do on any given day. Um, what has been your relationship as both like a supervisor and a supervisee? I'm not sure if that's a word, but like you know, you're you're going to be delegating things to people, and I'm sure you've also been in your you know long uh, tenure in the field. You know, been asked to do things like what's been your relationship with that? Of maybe if it's like how you ask to do any given thing or. You know, uh, I know some people kind of have a philosophy of kind of being that you know person down in the trenches with people. Like they'll they'll be like, "Hey, would you come with me to do this?" I'm never just gonna say, "You go do it," or else or something. What, what's been kind of your relationship with that? And maybe like communication of this kind of stuff.
2: So yeah, I mean, I like the "let's go do it with me" thing kind of sort of works, but sometimes I don't have the time to be able to pull that kind of sort of um, inclusive feel to it as well. Right. But. Um, <clears throat> a lot of times it's about framework, and and you, you know a lot of t- um, um, for me. Um, thankfully, I have f- five uh, amazing staff members that work for me, work with me, um, and then four other grad students even beyond that too. So I have a staff of professional staff of nine that pretty much sort of have a very 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 close relationship with. And in in many ways, I if I have let's just say there's a search committee for um new police officers being hired or something like that I'll throw it all to all nine and say hey or actually yeah all nine and say hey does anybody want to participate in this what kind of um, sort of opportunities would you want and and I can really sort of talk about that in a uh, really kind of a choice kind of way um, so that it really gives people an opportunity to sort of think about it first rather than giving the task and saying um, hey I need I need you to do this period um, and in, 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 by when I do the whole choice, give people the option to participate, I think they're more willing to participate. Actually, um, I've, I've noticed this about res life professionals, and I, my expertise is through and through res life. Um, so. Um, I've noticed that res life professionals are more willing to step in on a lot of things. I, and to be really honest, I don't have any comparison to any other department as well, but for some reason, housing professionals, I think it might be just because of the fact that they're um, they live in, they have more time because they don't have the commute and all the other kind of things that they have to worry about. Um, I think they're willing to step in on a sort of a meeting that happens at 5 p.m. if it has to be. Um, so there's a lot of other sort of um, factors there but I have usually been able to sort of communicate that saying hey these, this is a pretty amazing opportunity to be able to select a new pro- police officers who would like to participate in this and kind of sort of frame the um, conversation all always as an opportunity um, that doesn't always happen on the flip side as far as you know me being put on a task or something like that it's like hey I nominated you to do this so can you just make sure you do it um, sure. You know, okay, sure. I mean, I'm not going to say no to my boss um, or any other person that asks me to be on a committee at that point. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, there's some kind of political sort of ramifications there if I say no to something too. Sometimes, so um, a lot of times it's about um, framing it to start off with and making sure that people view it as an opportunity rather than a um, like a punishment or deter- uh, deterrent on this. So that's how I would frame it as a. Um, other duties of assigned recommendation or something like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that seems like it's going to be the, the big takeaway kind of the big point of this one of just like framing things as opportunities and obligations sort of things. It does seem like the language could be very simply tinkered in that email you send out, like you're saying of, you know, you know, who would like to participate in this opportunity to help select uh, you know, new colleagues sort of thing versus just like, yeah, we have to do this. So like, you know, what? and it's like, you kind of just, that, that seems more like a taskmaster of just like, we have to do this. Somebody needs to be on this committee, you know, and whatever. Like it's, yeah, it's just like a simple rephrasing of things. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like any experience of this kind of stuff that I've had, but um, I think, well, yeah.
2: I hate to go Myers-Briggs on you for real quick, but I'm an INFP and my NF really, really, really keys in on people's feelings and how they sort of, Um, sort of their body languages and all the other kind of things and I can kind of sort of usually sense if this is something that maybe I should just take on or do other people just take on for me Um, and so um, I I really, a lot of times it's not over email either because a lot of times that gives people an opportunity to really sort of you know, file it to a Folder or yeah. not respond, but in a staff meeting, if I bring it up, hey, you know, police officers need a new person to be able to select on the housing committee, a uh, housing panel. Um, anybody want to participate? Um, I think it's a cool opportunity. It gives you free lunch. You know, like, you know, <laughs> certainly point out some of the benefits of participating as well. Um, people will have a harder time saying no to you in person too. Uh, I've noticed that in email, it it becomes a little less effective because of the fact that people, it's it's on their terms and on their time a little bit more. So all these conversations happening in person is so much better, or over the phone too. A lot of times, people have a hard time saying no over the phone.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, because that's the same. Yeah, any like written communication, like I can put whatever like vibe I'm in that day onto it, Mm -hmm. sort of thing, like. You know, uh, so yeah, I can always just like just the emphasis or whatever of the, of the message I can like look at it as just like, Oh, you know, there's another thing I got to do. And it's like, you know, or if I'm having a good day, it's like, Oh yeah, cool. Like let's do it. So like, yeah, if I'm asking you in person, it's like, you can kind of gauge where people are at. And yeah, like they don't want to just have it be like, you know, in a meeting, it's just like crickets where it's just like, Hey, anybody want to do this? It's just silence. And it's like, Oh yeah, well, I guess somebody has to do it. I'll just do it just so we get past this awkward silence. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm like, I'm just blanking on like, an, uh, I guess that maybe it's a good thing. I don't have any like weird relationships with, uh, you know, other duties as a sign, but, um, yeah. I don't know if maybe, uh, if you have any, uh, resources, uh, maybe just like about, you know, cause a lot of this has to do with, you know, hiring and communicating of, like job responsibilities or just like leadership Anything that sort of maybe is in that realm that might relate, um, stuff that you found kind of beneficial you might want to recommend so we can uh, put it in the show notes?
2: Well, um, that's a good question. I don't know if I have resources that would sort of help this area. I do know for a fact that people that do get more other duties of the sign, you know, get to boost up their resume, um, get to sort of get involved in ways that probably other normal colleagues may not. Um, so that's always a great thing i also look at when i'm hiring a lot of times i'll look at how many you know committees that they've been involved at the university level because that kind of shows their commitment to their current institution in some ways and so as they move forward and look for a job with rutgers Newark, i mean i'm always looking at you know how how do they get invested in their community in some ways uh, whether they are um, just simply saying yes to the supervisor or they're seeking that out on their own. I'm not a hundred percent sure based on what they report on their resume, but nevertheless, it is something that when you go into a job talking about, like, look at how the way that I'm invested in my community, um, is a pretty powerful convers- conversation and during that interview or even the cover letter that you're um, writing. Um, so I would say that those kind of things, um, are benefits of having these kind of involvements as well.
0: Hmm. That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And something I can think of, because I've kind of just uh, uh, dived into it recently, is um, some courses on Coursera, um, and they have some stuff that's it's sort of tangent, uh, tangentially kind of related um, about, like, uh, it's like a career success specialization, and the courses that are within that are like, like a communication one, and then like project management, and uh, different things. So I feel like it uh, you know, if you want to cultivate where it's like, man, like people never do the things that I asked them to do. Um, it may be like, we've kind of been saying like, Oh, how are you communicating that information? You know, are you, uh, what's the tone that you have? And like, uh, how are you framing things? And also just when you're, you know, managing a project, like, you know, this large scale program on campus or something like, how are you, uh, delegating tasks? Who's doing what are you, you know, matching up, uh, like you're saying, like, uh, a great way to do things is like, well, I want to get experience with blank. So I'm going to match you up as my, you know, I'm supervising, you, I'm going to match you up with those opportunities that are sort of outside of your regular uh, job duties, because you, you want to do that. So it's like, well, here you go. Like, you know, if it's, if it's not something I want to do, or even that I'm like, good at, it's obviously going to be difficult. And I'm going to get, you know, yeah, like mumbling and grumbling my way through this other duty as assigned. So um, I think that is really great stuff again part of the the opportunity of these other duties is that uh, you know I can have a vested interest in it that I'm going to benefit from doing this stuff so I should do it and do it well because yeah you know it's gonna it's gonna look good for me later on so um, yeah. let's see well, yeah and, go ahead
2: and just to add a little bit more right so it's really funny because when you think about other duties are assigned as a way to sort of encompassed entirely on professional development. Um, a lot of people take pride in what they do for NASPA or ACPA or Kuhuai or NECA or AFA or any other ASCA or any of those sort of organizations that they're involved in, right? And all mm-hmm. these other things that they have to do as part of their committee work or leadership work or anything like that when it comes to professional development. Yet a lot of times, some people might think of these sort of earlier we talked about negative connotations for the other duties as assigned, but these other duties as assigned right here in your own backyard, your institutions, can also kind of have that same impact on what you're doing as a whole, as a student affairs professional and everything like that. But yet for some reason, it's almost as if Something that happens in your own yard is less attractive than what might be happening at your professional development side. Mm. And maybe part of that is I chose to do that versus somebody just gave me to do that. Um there's a little bit of that, I'm sure. But these opportunities that you get from other duties as assigned, other places in your within your own department are just as important, if not more critical in some ways than those um, you know, extracurricular activities in some ways. And I'm not saying that those things are bad. Um, But at the same time, you know, they should be seen as equals in some ways because it it is boosting up your professional um, reputation on campus. It it is boosting up your professional expertise on campus. It is creating your networking, connections, all those other kind of things. And so all those things encompassed. Um, those other duties as assigned are no different than just another way of saying professional development opportunities right here on this campus. Um, And so we need to embrace that in the same way that we would embrace getting involved in an ACPA, NASPA, or any of those other, uh, in my case, a KUHUI or anything like that, um, associations involvement as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, Yeah, because I think that sort of it's hard to quantify but like sort of that reputation like you're saying that we have um you know because a lot of times <laughs> well, I'm, I'm rather certain like the people you know that are around you at your current job are going to be you know references and giving recommendations and those sort of things so you want them to be giving a strong positive uh recommendation and be raving about how committed you are and flexible and uh you know all those sort of things with you know whatever you are asked to do so um
2: Yeah, and you never want to underestimate the power of the unofficial reference, right? Mm. Because when you're in a job search, people will call people that are not on your reference list. Oh, I know somebody at Rutgers North. Let me pick up the phone and see if I know that person. (laughs) Like, I can't tell you the number of times that I've gotten phone calls and say, hey, um, you know, you weren't listed as a reference, but can we have an off-the-line conversation? Um, Sure. If you're connected into other parts of the university or even just you know, within your part, but in different departments of department, depending on how big your department is, um, that, that's a real, real possibility that somebody that's not on your reference list can be called because, I mean, people do that. I mean, just quick Facebook message. Hey, do you know this person? I, I they just apply for a job here. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, we are connected in so many different ways these days. And we all talk about how small our student affairs field is. So, you know, that, that that other duties as a sign piece can also lead to a lot of opportunities for exposure, understanding of each other, um, so many things. So that's the part where we really need to focus on, right? And it's, it, we always talk about networking, networking, networking. So why not use that as an opportunity to embrace it and say, what opportunities can I get to network within the university?
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's, I think some, you could look at that either way of, I think some people would say like, well, man, like that's almost just like, scaring someone straight of just like well everybody's gonna be talking you know like somebody's always watching almost sure. kind of thing but it's like my positive optimistic viewpoint would be you should just be nice and good to people like all the time not like you know thinking of like self-serving or whatever you know or doing it because it's like well i know like people are gonna be talking about me so i'm doing it out of again like an obligation it's like you know you just get like good karma points for just being a nice person and like helping people out and you know volunteering for stuff and um it's like just what we should do anyway as human beings, just being being nice to each other, being good to each other. Um,
2: well, and in, in, I'm, um, I'm sure I'm not going to score any nice nice people points on this one. But at the same time, if you're thinking like the first way that you were thinking, like, well, I don't want to be exposed that many times to people that, you know, so so that just in case, like, I don't necessarily think you should be in this field then. <laughs> because it, it's, it, it's too small to think like that. Um, and we're all doing this because of the fact that, that we love our students and we serve um, a, 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 a young generation of adults in some ways. And if you're worried about, uh, well, if I get more involved, they might see me and they might not like me. Hmm. Well, first and foremost, why? Why do you think that is? But two, let's think about what you're saying there and kind of like process that piece because that that's not a very good empowering language there. Mm. Um, so. I would suggest, you know, I understand that, but at the same time, maybe it's time to look for another job at that particular time.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's it's certainly a fair uh, point of view, as I think, yeah, some people, like, uh, stuff just doesn't mesh as well as it should, and it's like, you know, you don't have to work anywhere, you don't have to do anything, like, you know, do some there's some reflection, I guess, if like uh, it seems to be getting a bit abrasive <laughs> um sure, but uh yeah as we s- just kind of wrap up we're, we're really good on time here um we've we've hit on some good I think kind of final thoughty uh, kind of points here, but just anything else that you want to say just to, to wrap up this episode and um yeah just kind of what, what would you like to leave people on <laughs>
2: um, well, that's a great question um you know I, I think I've really here at Rutgers Newark specifically, <clears throat> I've really developed a very, very good professional reputation across the university in many ways, um, really bridging a lot of um, connections by helping out just a lot of places where I can. Um, and. I know that I'm not alone when it comes to people that do this at their various campuses. Um, I think, by nature of being in student affairs, um, these opportunities are all over the place. Not only that, and people are genuinely in a position where they really want to help. Um, so, I would say, you know, really, I've talked about this over and over and over, but embrace it. Um, you know, people will say, you know, all good things, all good things about you. Um, that's a little off joke right in there for you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, people will genuinely care about the work that you do, and and most people will appreciate you, even if they don't say it. Um, But um, being involved in your university in other duties um, kind of way is a very, very, very strong option, especially if you're looking to move forward in your career. Um, I think it's a very um, powerful way to sort of um, establish yourself in the university. Um, so, um, I would I would recommend um, people to just seek out more ways of being um, embracing that whole other duties as a sign thing, um, because it it, it it can really change you um, in a professional way, confidence and competence. Um, and so, I really really look forward to kind of continuing that dialogue with people across the country if they sure to, if they really were to um, want to kind of sort of. Get more tips of how do I approach my supervisor, all those other kind of things. Um, I'd be happy to have those conversations.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and we'll have uh, ways to connect with you online uh, on the social medias uh, in the show notes. And um, yeah, I mean, with that, uh, Shigeo, I appreciate you uh, taking time out for uh, this episode. And um, it's really cool stuff. It's, it's a very unique topic. I'm glad that we could talk about it and it has uh, some really good uh, thoughts and things for people to reflect on. Um, And yeah, just thank you again so much for taking time out for the uh, the episode here.
2: Thank you very much, Dustin. I really appreciate it.
0: All right. Have a good rest of your day and I'll talk to you later.
2: You too. Bye-bye now. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to help us out, leave us a review and rating on Stitcher or iTunes or just share out the show so other people can find all the cool stuff we talk about every single week. Again, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the Student Affairs Spectacular Podcast.